welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 20, narrating your own audiobook with author Mary Castillo. Let me start by saying thank you to all of you who've told your friends about the podcast. Sergio, I'm waving at you. If you've told your friends who are now listening, or if you wrote a review on iTunes, let me know so I can give you a shout out on the show. You can find me over at podcast.rightnowworkshop.com. I'm going to let you get back to the interview now because it's a long one. I thought about apologizing for that because I try to keep the interviews to 30 to 40 minutes, but Mary had so many helpful things to say and I didn't want to edit anything out. I think you're going to love this episode. So let's get on with the show. Welcome. Today's guest is Mary Castillo. It is no wonder that Mary Castillo is a paranormal mystery and romance author. She grew up in a haunted house. You got to ask her about that. With her degree in history, she also loves to find and share untold histories, such as bootlegging women and no-nonsense World War II-era nurses. Her heroine, Dory O, is the Wonder Woman version of a robbery detective who can also see ghosts. Mary not only writes paranormal mysteries, but narrates them into audiobooks as well. Welcome, Mary. Hi, thank you. I love your bio. That sounds so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to write. <laughs> I don't normally laugh out loud when I'm writing my own bio. It's usually like, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, I have a tendency, though, to go back and take a second look at books where the author's bio does make me laugh because I'm thinking, oh, I might like this. If the author's writing her bio so it makes me laugh, there's a yeah. good chance I'm going to like the book. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, because sometimes we forget that there's a person behind that book. Right. So, you know, before you write that mean one-star review, you know, yeah, nice. That's right. <laughs> the human being wrote that thing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, so this human being grew up in a haunted house, and we just need to take a quick segue there. Tell us oh, a little bit about that. Well, um, my parents bought their first house in 1973. My mom was pregnant with me. And um, this house, okay, so this is back in 1973. They bought it for $19,000. Oh my gosh. And is this California? So, yeah, in California, in San Diego. Oh and so they pull up to this place. And I mean, it, it actually been, the people who live there had a little drug trade going on. So they were like oh. bullet holes. <laughs> and so them being like these 21-year-old kids, my mom will say that. That's just true. She's yeah. like, we thought it was great we're going to live here. And so they moved in and they just had a lot of weird experiences, like voices they, they would hear. My dad would hear my mom calling him. She wouldn't be home. Um, there was this mysterious woman who would park in front of the house, stare at the house. And then when they finally, they got brave enough, my mom's like, you know, I'm pregnant and I'm walking up to this lady parked in front of my house and yeah. the lady would always drive away. And so the longer they live there, then I show up and, you know, I arrive and um, the incidents just got stranger and stranger. And so finally, the, the, um, the neighbors said, well, the woman who's parking in front of your house, her sister lived there and her sister died in that house. And the whole story unfolded. Meanwhile, as I'm probably about three and my mom is now expecting my brother and I would, she'd find me in the closet talking to my invisible friend. I would make my mom set the dinner table for my invisible friend, who was this really nice lady. Uh, her name was Mary Ann, and she has three kids. And I'm telling my mom all this stuff. And meanwhile, she knows who she's gotten the whole backstory. And she's thinking, oh, my gosh, you know. 
and it's the real name of the lady and she really had three kids yes she did whoa and um so then as you know i grew up i mean that i didn't see my invisible friend anymore and um uh but my brother and i we we heard voices you know we'd hear my parents calling us and my parents were like on the phone or not at home um we had an incident where these guys broke into our house and um in they, they ended up catching these guys um because they go into all places they go into a donut shop with bags of like a vcr and jewelry oh my gosh <laughs> the cops are like really <laughs> um and so they they arrested them and in court they said the devil lives in that house because when they were in my bedroom which was the the original master bedroom of the house um uh -huh. Apparently the door started slamming, the windows started rattling. They thought it was an earthquake. So that was the last room that they were in. And they said, the devil's in this house. I don't know, there, you must be Satanists or something. And my mom was like, that was our ghost protecting us. And I'm like, oh my God. So now I look back on that and I'm thinking, I don't live in a haunted house now, but I'm thinking, what a weird way to grow up. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was, um, it was just kind of, I guess it's, was normal to me. I mean, now I realize that it's not normal, but at the time it just was what it was. Yeah. It was how you grew up. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so people ask me like, well, what is it like? Or were you scared? Wouldn't you go running off into the night? And the best way to describe it is like living with some like really nosy shut in aunt, <laughs> you know, who's always yeah. in I mean, that's, you know, opens your door and looks in your room. I mean, that's what it's like. Oh man. Now, did you have sleepovers as a kid? I did. And so of and course I told they all my friends and they all were terrified. So, oh. <laughs> and they all wanted to come back every time. I mean, <laughs> like people were like, when I'd bring home friends from college, you know, they'd ask my mom, where's your ghost? Like, as if we could take it out and show it to everybody. You know? <laughs> like, she around, I guess. Oh but as we got older, the incidents were less and less. Um, you know, there were moments of activity and, um, when she would open and close doors, turn lights on and off. Um, sometimes we'd see figures walk by the window and it was like, she was more like a guardian. It was, it, it was not a, she was not a frightening person. I think she just felt like, you know, she kind of had to watch over us. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, oh that's what it was gosh. like. <laughs> wow. So when did you start writing kind of paranormal and, and ghostly type stories and stuff? Or when did you start writing? I started writing in 1994. I almost, this whole other story, I almost flunked out of college because I thought I would be, I was a pre-med and I thought I'll be a doctor, make lots of money, retire, and then write books. But that didn't work out. So <laughs> 90, in 1994, I decided I'm just, I want to be a writer. That's what I'm going to do. And um, my very first, I started out in screenwriting, but my very first book which I started in 97, 96, 97, was about a psychic. And, mm -hmm. um, and it went nowhere. It was one of those books. It was the very first book. So, you know, I wanted to sound like, you know, Isabel Allende with touches of Anne Rice. And I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have the original manuscript and I went through it the other day and it was like, um, so it, was a learn, it was a learning experience. That's right. <laughs> and then I went to romance and um, my uh, many years later, many manuscripts and rejection letters later, I wrote Hot Tomato, which was a romantic comedy. And so the paranormal elements kind of wormed their way into my writing. Um, in 
the very first Dory uh, O story, it's a, it's a story about her brother's wedding and her grandmother makes mention of a uncle. Um, so it's not apparent that her very first short story, the first story that a character appeared in is not, has a, just a touch of paranormal in it, but mm -hmm. it's mainly wacky chiclet comedy. Yeah. Um, but that character always stuck with me. Um, and then I went full, you know, paranormal crazy and switchcraft when my two characters switch bodies. Oh. And, um, and so the, I, you know, so slowly it just started to kind of work its way into my work. And then finally I just went full bore with Lost in the, Lost in the Light, sorry, the, the first book for Dory. Okay. Because her character always stuck with me. And, um, and so it was supposed to be a, like a kind of a paranormal chiclet. And okay. at that time, um, you know, my, uh, my, uh, my, that book, my books weren't being optioned. It was the recession. Um, and so I found myself as many authors, well, what do we do? And so I just, <laughs> right. I just decided, well, nobody's expecting this book. I don't owe this book to anybody. I'll just write what I want. And so I went more the paranormal mystery women's fiction and had a ball. I mean, I loved it. And then I, when it was done, it was like, oh no, it can't be done. <laughs> and so then I wrote the uh, novella, which is Girl in the Mist. And then um, many years later, wrote uh, the third book, Lost in Whispers. So I'm now working on book four. I'm not going to let years pass by between books. So awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm fully committed into the paranormal realm now. Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? I don't think that I really thought, thought about this um, before deciding. I mean, you and I have been friends for a long time and I knew I wanted to talk to you about audiobooks, especially once that you told me that you were doing your own. But just as, as an aside, I'm like, we need to stay in better touch because I was driving in San Diego behind, you know, five million cars, you know, in stop and go traffic. And there is a bumper sticker on the car in front of me that just said abracadabra in white on a black background. And I don't think it was an advertisement for anything. I don't know. I mean, it must've been an advertisement for something. I don't know. I figured it was a band or something, but I wasn't paying that much attention to the bumper sticker. And I thought it said, and I'm waiting until you're done in case you like spit tea, but I thought it said abracadabra. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I started laughing at myself. And I'm like, oh, abracadabra, that's so funny. And all of a sudden, it was like, boom. It was like the Big Bang Theory of a story. Yeah. And I just knew exactly what the story was going to be about. And, I'm, and within like two stoplights, which you know is like 15 minutes and right, yeah. rush yeah. hour traffic. Yeah, you, can actually, you can look at your phone in California traffic. You know, you're not <laughs> hurting anybody. If anything, you're keeping your mind calm so you don't go ballistic on the person in front of you. That's right. That's right. A million people in front of you or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so within like two stoplights, I had three titles and I knew what was going to happen and how it was going to happen. And I had an arc for the trilogy. I'm like, now how do I put this in my production schedule? Because I really oh, want to write it. But yeah. when I've been telling a couple of other my writers, I haven't told that many people about it, except for now I've told the whole world. Hey, everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, they were like, uh, that's weird chiclet ghost story but now i'm like wait a minute i don't think that i really realized that mary's could be sort of categorized some of it yeah in absolutely. that i mean you've been using the words chiclet so mm -hmm. yeah i um, love chiclet uh i mean i think that um absolutely i mean it, lost in whispers the, the dory o series you know it has moments of lightness and i mean i don't think you can get a, i mean some people can stay you know not dreary sorry dramatic um yeah. through a whole <laughs> 
can't. I think that you need that comic relief. And yeah. it, it is, um, I was actually at a book signing in National City. That's my hometown. It's where the books are set. Oh, um, nice. And so the, of course, it's all my family and my, my parents' friends are at this event. And it's like, thank God, um, <laughs> me in a room. Uh, yeah. There are a couple ladies who arrived and they had been following my books from the very beginning. Oh, wow. And I just thought like, oh, bless you. <laughs> you know, like, and then of course my brother's all checking him out. He's single. And, um, single <laughs> and I'm like, you keep your hands to yourself. You leave my readers alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, awesome. And then they're checking him out. And I'm like, you leave my brother alone. He's my yeah. brother. <laughs> I know it's like stop but anyway they asked um they were like when are you going to go back to chiclet and I'm, I'm like well I think that what I'm writing at least as far as I'm concerned can fit in either category yeah because, um um you know and plus I'm not I mean I wrote hot tomato in my late 20s yeah and it's like I, I'm not in my late 20s anymore like, <laughs> I'm, you, know, I'm, you know life is different now and um, yeah and so they but they seem like yeah we love these books so Oh my gosh. I just think sometimes, you know, we, um, we have to grow up with our favorite authors and I know I have, I mean, Nora Roberts is now writing kind of like a post-apocalyptic paranormal, really yeah, her new series. And it's like, you go for it. I mean, you know, she's written romance for like 40 years. So it's yeah. Like, yeah, she probably needs a change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like in the music industry, the, the acts that were huge and popular for five or 10 years and then just kind of disappear. Right. Those are the people and their fans are the people who are telling other bands who've been around now for 30 years. Oh, you you're selling out. No, no, just growing and changing with the times. That's right. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Okay. So you've done, it sounds like you're a hybrid published author. Is that right? You've been published in traditional and self-published? Mm -hmm. and, and for now, I'm very happy doing independent publishing mm -hmm. because um, I was thinking about this, how with um, Hot Tomato, I sold that book in November of 2003. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty much, I mean, it really had to be copy edited. And, and, um, and so it didn't, published until March of 2005. So oh, about wow, a year yeah. and a half. And I thought, God, oh, that really is a long time. <laughs> yeah. Now that I've done it, now that I've been in, um, um, you know, taking the experience of having been traditionally published. And I was lucky because my editor at HarperCollins was very open about the process. You know, it wasn't like this big mystery. I mean, they really included me in it. So I got a real hands-on education. So when I got to that point in I think it was in tw 2010 and it was mm -hmm. Deborah Holland who gave an online class about independent publishing because I was really in despair about I wrote this weird gothic chiclet yeah. thing and it's like I, I you know having lost you know my publisher declining my books my agent um moving on and then my second agent moving on it was like hey where's everybody going like <laughs> yeah. what here um i really despaired what am i gonna do with this yeah so that was um when i learned about self-publishing it was like you know the clouds parting and the angels are singing and it's like okay, <laughs> I have a way forward and um so yeah i'm very uh i'm very happy about independent publishing that's awesome because I, I, I can do things on my own timeline yeah and uh, go ahead 
And I was just thinking, this is so interesting. I didn't realize how many people, um, how many friends of mine that we all kind of started around the same time. Because when I interviewed Tracy Reed, she and I were talking about how we really kind of got to know each other in Deborah Holland's class in 2010, which we were in with you. So, really? oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that blew my mind. Because, yeah. um, I'm sorry, my dog is barking at the uh, people next door. Oh, that's um, right. You might as well make him famous. Tell us his name. Well, it's Rocky the Pug. And he's busy right now. He will probably come over here to introduce himself, but he's got some business to do right now. And he's telling the neighbors to keep it down. Excellent. Um, yes, yes he's, he takes his job very importantly. So, um, sorry, the class. Um, yeah, because right before I took that class, I had sat in on a panel with the agents. And these three women were, they were reading proposals and they were just so cruel. And like, so they thought they were having, they thought they were so clever and so funny to tear down people's work. And, um, and I just thought, I don't want to work with these, this type of, you know, I don't want to be yeah. in that environment. I want to work with these kind of people. And these are the gatekeepers. These are the people I have to get through to get to the next step, even though I had been published because in a very short amount of time, as we well know, well now know, publishing is completely changed. Yeah. And um, so when I came you know, one of the last few times that we've had a publisher come to OCCRWA, they're pitching us. Yeah, which, that's you true. You remember when I was, uh, when I published Hot Tomata, it was the other way around. And it yeah. was, you need to impress me. Yeah. Now they're telling us, well, we can do this for your book, we do that for your book. And it's like, wow, this is a totally different world. Yeah. But it's very empowering that, you know, that one can do it. On yeah. Now, um, when I looked up your audiobooks, uh, what what it looks like if I looked in all the right places, which for the most part, you know, regarding discoverability, people are going to go to their one or two favorite places to get audiobooks or ebooks or print books or whatever. And if your books aren't there, then as far as that reader is concerned, the book doesn't exist. So, so I went to Amazon to see, you know, what people find when they look up your name and I see two audiobooks. So my first question is, does that mean that... Um, the traditional published books that you have out, that they either didn't buy the audio rights or just decided not to use them? They do have the audiobook rights. Um, and so, yeah, they have not decided to use them. Okay. And, um, and I've, I've thought about, you know, going through that process of maybe getting <laughs> those rights back. And then I thought, you know, I have other things that I'd like to use my time and my resources to focus yeah. on. Um, so yeah, I've just kind of let them be where they are. Okay. And, and I have friends who are traditionally published. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Finish. Okay. Very quickly that um, it's, it is pretty standard that most traditional publishers keep the audiobook rights because not all authors are crazy like me and <laughs> are going to narrate an entire audiobook. Yeah. And, um, and so when I talk to some of my friends who are still in the realm of traditional publishing, they basically get a contract from an audiobook producer. They sign it. They don't, I mean, I'm, I'm so amazed at how blase they are. They're like, I don't even read it. And I, it, I don't even hear <laughs> the audiobook. And I'm thinking, really? Like, I, I, I guess I'm kind, I really am a do-it-yourselfer because I, I want to make sure it's done well. Yeah, know? yeah. But yeah, for some people, they just have a certain, some people are very hands-on and then others are like, yeah, do it. 
I'll take the money. <laughs> yeah. So then, so you're writing this, this book about this character that you love. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get her out of your head. So you, you wrote a book for her. Yeah. Then you didn't like that the book was over. So you kept on writing. So now it's the series. So at what point did you decide, okay, she needs an audio book. And at what point did you decide, and I guess I'm going to be the one to read it. Okay, so again, all things happen at OCCRWA. Yeah. People don't know that it is it's Orange County chapter of the Romance Writers of America, and it's here in Orange County. And um, it was jealousy that got the whole thing started. Okay, that's good. Let's hear yeah. the story. Yeah. So in 2015, I'm here. I'm I've come back to OCC after an absence. I had a child, and anyway, so I come back, and you know all what would you say almost like 80, maybe 80, 90% are self-published and very successful is so very successfully yeah. published. Yeah. They've got like their whole, like they remind, they've got their whole like mini enterprise. So I'm hearing people talk about how they're, they're getting their audiobooks produced. And I'm like, I want an audiobook. How come I don't have an audiobook? And then yeah. I'm thinking how much it costs. And I'm like, oh, that's why I don't have an audiobook. Yeah. I want an audiobook, darn it. And I come from a, um, a performing arts background. I went to performing oh. arts middle school and high school. So I took drama classes, singing, dancing, plays, video production. And um, it's cool when you get to a certain part of your life, when you look back and you're like, oh, that's all those things finally kind of come together. And so I used all those skills. I knew I had those skills. Um, and I thought, I'm going to do it myself. And I, <laughs> got, you know, I did my research, got my mic, um, but it, there was a learning curve. It wasn't like I just jumped into it and started narrating it. Um, right. because of course I have a character who's British. And so I am, oh. you know, from a girl who grew up in San Diego, I don't have any British friends and, you know, I'd never grew up around, although my neighbor was a British war bride, but anyway, well, that's another, another tale for another time. But, yeah. um, so, you know, those, all those little details. So it took about two months of learning um, of having to narrate the first five chapters, I think seven times wow. because I'm learning the software. I'm figuring out my process, um, trying to decide, am I going to hire someone to do the British accent, you know, Yeah. <laughs> and practicing and practicing. And so the, um, so it was in 2016, I podcasted the audiobook. So every week I put it on SoundCloud and, you know, I think my mom and my husband and my best friend listened to it and <laughs> slowly strangers started to listen to it. And um, I, uh, I finally got smart and like then embedded it in my website. So then I could look and see what, where people, where are people getting it? Right. People in India are listening to it. People in Europe and Canada, mm-hmm. Mexico. And it's like, wow, you know, people are into it. And then yeah. I would get notes of like, well, um, usually you post on Thursday morning and it's not up yet. And it's like, I know I'm trying to finish it, you know? (laughs) And, um, so I, so for 36 weeks, there's 36 chapters in the book. I did the podcast and then put it all together and, you know, created an audio book. And, um, when did I publish it? It's like kind of like a all of blur. I published it in 20, late 2016. I think it was in December. And the crazy thing is that while I was podcasting the audiobook, people were buying the book. All of a sudden, I see this rise in sales, and they weren't just buying the ebook, they were buying the print book, which I oh. thought, okay, you know, you don't want it for free? I mean, all right. But it, it did a lot of things for me. 
it opened up a whole other i mean i loved it i loved doing the whole thing i really got into it and you know got into the british accent and um so, so you taught yourself to speak in your character's accent i did i did and i in the shower when i would be you know at night when i'm talking to my family and they're just like okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know i they knew what i was doing so they knew i hadn't totally lost it but um the hardest thing though was narrating the voice of a man that right. was the hardest part um, because men, I, I, I would watch YouTube videos of the actors who um, inspired, uh, particularly Gavin, uh, the, uh, Dory's uh, love interest. And so I would watch him, I'd be staring at his mouth. And like, and I noticed men, they use their mouth differently. They, yeah. they hold themselves differently. And so, I mean, I would videotape myself and I, oh my gosh, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. But it, I really got into it. And um, so when I, by the time I finished Lost in Whispers, I then went into Girl in the Mist, which thank God is a novella. Um, <laughs> and I just went right into those two characters. I mean, it was just like picking it up. So um, I'm now getting ready to narrate Lost in Whispers, which is 96,000 words. It's oh. I've ever written. It's like, oh man, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> So how long do you think it might take you to narrate the entire book? It sounds like six to nine months. Yeah, because, okay, so uh, podcasting is not enough. I'm, now, I'm going to uh, live, to Facebook Live, and as I'm narrating each chapter. So Okay, I remember you said this, and I was like, stop. We must discuss, first of all, how, why? Tell us more. That is so interesting, because I have to say... I don't want to necessarily copy you, but mm -hmm. copying is the best flattery. And every time you have an idea about audio, I'm like, oh, I should try that. Yes, so that way I'm not the only dingling up there. Yeah. <laughs> my, my thing. Um, Maybe we should try I doing like some sort of challenge together. I'm not crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I... Um, you know, it's it's competitive. It's hard. It's hard out there for a pimp. You know, um, <laughs> for an independent author too. Uh, and so it is getting more competitive. There are people, yeah. um, God bless them. You know, they're out there. They're writing their books. They're producing their books. And um, and I thought, you know, I need to do something cool too. So I noticed that um, I, I follow James von Prague for research purposes, because he's a psychic. And, and so I, I just kind of listen to his radio show and I follow him online and he does Facebook live videos like every day. Wow. And, and I noticed that a lot of the self-help authors, um, particularly on like Hay House, they are working it. Like they are not shy. They are on <laughs> Facebook live, Snapchat, Instagram. And I'm like, damn, I need to do that too. <laughs> but not to that extent because I do have a family life and yeah. Need to, I, you know, I got to show up for my clients every now and then. Yeah. So um, I thought it, it, it'll be like podcasting, but it will be live. It'll be on video. I'm a little like wondering, why did I say this? <laughs> back. But um, it, it, I think what it will, it, it will help me do with the podcast, it frankly, is make sure that I do it, you know, on a weekly basis and get those chapters read and, um, and just keep me, keep me going. Because yeah. You know, and the the and all of what goes on. I mean, if you tell people you're going to be on Tuesdays at eleven o'clock, I'm going to be at Facebook Live. You better be there because yeah. um, 
unless you have a good reason that you're sick or something. Yeah. So it's to just, you know, keep me, um, keep me honest. And then also another way to interact with my readers and, you know, like hint, hint, go get the book, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So a couple of things before we move on to the audio book part, are you going to, are you going to broadcast on your Facebook profile page, you know, your personal page, or are you going to go at, um, sorry, your profile, or are you going to do it on your author page or where are you going to put it? On my author page. Yeah. Author page. And so we're recording this in January of 2018. Do you have an idea of your, your start when you'll start it because I'm totally going to be there at whatever day and time you say. (laughs) I'm actually planning to start next Tuesday. So wow. So that'll be the 29th. Something like that. Yeah. It'll be January 29th. And what I like about Facebook live is that the videos will be, people can find them. So if they want to start at chapter one and see me blundering through chapter one, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because it will be live. I won't be able to edit myself. And, um, uh, Oh God, I'm thinking about like, did I have any, okay, quickly, Girl in the Mist, I have very um, sensual love scenes. Oh dear. So, oh my gosh, (laughs) recording that just in the privacy of my office was excruciating. Yeah. And I mean, it's so edited. I can hear the editing because I'm laughing. Like, oh my gosh, why did I write this? You're right. this is maybe why I will not uh, narrate my chiclet books because they are very sexy and yeah. I just couldn't be able to Nude. do it with a straight face. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> a trained professional do that. Um, yeah. not me. Um, so Lost in Whispers, I think has like one sexy scene and it's not anything what I used to write. <laughs> yeah. I may have to like block out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should totally do that. Put a blackout band over I your know. face. It's like all Fifty Shades. And people will be like, what is she doing? That's awesome. Like, in her playroom, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, I don't know what I'm, uh, I may, I'm not, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to talk myself out of it. Yeah, good. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I think that I should um, get this recording up soon so that people can hear about it and get started when you're so you have an audience. You need an audience. Yeah. So it's it's gonna start the last Tuesday in January. Do you have a time yet? Um eleven o'clock. Uh eleven AM Pacific. Yep, yep. All right, which is uh twelve one two PM Eastern, just want everybody to know. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. This is exciting. Now I want to move on to the, to the, how you created your own audiobooks okay. part. So, um, you can tell us in whatever order uh, you want to tell us, but we'd like to know what software did you end up using? What mic did you end up buying? And do you want to tell us anything about things that you tried and then just, um, what worked, what didn't. Okay. So I bought a Niwar mic set. It came with a little power pack and everything. And then I use Audacity software to ah, record. Which is free. It's, it's, it's free. It's very, very powerful. It does a lot. Um, and I learned how to use it watching YouTube videos. Um, I mean, you could build a house watching YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> and that was how I learned, um, you know, how to get, because of course you're going to pick up noise, um, and um and feedback so i had to learn all of that and that's um back in high school and and, in college i took um film and video production so all those skills came into play and so i don't want to scare anybody off if they're planning like oh i don't know if i could do this you could record the audiobook and then you maybe hire an engineer to do all the mixing and editing 
mm-hmm. um, which will probably make it much faster. And um, I built a little box um, and I lined it with like an old pillow and some audio foam. And that's my recording studio. And it does a pretty decent job of keeping all the noise, the ambient noise. Um, so I'm not doing so much um, of noise reduction to each track. Uh-huh. And um, <clears throat> what's the, probably the most important thing, um, if you're going to do it yourself, if you're going to narrate it, is to um, read ahead. Um, so that way you get, you, you kind of, you, you, you get really familiar with your own writing. It's great when you're writing a series because then you remember things that you'd forgotten. And then your, your, um, certain things are going to catch you by surprise because you're going to be like, wait a minute, what, what, what's going on? (laughs) Right. When you're recording and you're trying to be efficient and, um, also taking care of your voice to do a proper warm up before you narrate. Um, there were days when I was like, nah, I don't need to do that. I just need to get to work. And those were the days when I'm stumbling and, you know, just, I would skip words, but if you, it just makes sense. If you're going to go work out, you would stretch and warm right. yourself. You need to do the same thing for your voice and, and take care of it. And um, now, of course, I want to know all, what all these things are. Is this something we would just Google? Yeah, I have a, uh, I found on YouTube, uh, <laughs> voiceover warmups from vocal coaches and um, specifically for narrators. Uh, many of them, uh, many of these like tutorials are meant for singers. And so I would not do that. That's, uh, that's a whole, you're using a whole different set of skill there. And, um, but just uh, doing, just you, you know, uh, searching for uh, voiceover warmup for narrators and so I just, it's like three or five minutes. It's not long. Okay. And that really just kind of gets you, gets you focused. And the other um, uh, suggestion I have is not reading from paper because paper makes sound when you turn the page. And so I'll be reading from, an, from my Kindle. Right. Blowing up the text, making it really big. And, um, and I find that I maybe will do one or two takes, but usually I can make it through a chapter without doing a second take because um, I think my, um, my acting is more <laughs> uh, authentic. It's a little more spontaneous um, because when I, when I narrated Lost in the Light, it had been like five years since I'd published it. So I hadn't read it. And I would get surprised in the scenes <laughs> where I wanted to be surprised. And, um, and so my, my react, my, I think that the performance reflected that. And um, negatively or positively? Positively. I've actually, it's been very, I was really worried because um, there was one audiobook reviewer who said, I normally do not read books narrated by authors, but I heard your sample. You sounded pretty decent. She gave me one of my best reviews. Wow. So I thought, oh, thank God. You know, yeah. it paid off. Um, and uh, the third and kind of final piece of advice is, have, is to have beta listeners. Even though I podcast it, I, it was edited and then I put it up on podcast. There were mistakes. There were repeats. There was background noise that I hadn't caught. So beta listeners are really, 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 really important. Okay. And, um, and I learned my lesson because I first narrated Lost in the Light. And then um, 
and learned, really real, realized I should have used beta listeners. And then with Girl in the Mist, I used beta listeners and they were awesome because they also posted reviews. So I instantly had reviews All when right. the book was up on Audible. So, um, and, and that was also a way I've been be able to uh, build my email list was, right. um, you know, people volunteered and they got, a, you know, they got, they, they listened to it. They told me what, you know, where all the mistakes were and, um, and, you know, they, uh, they, they, they can be really, really supportive. So now did the beta listeners listen a chapter at a time or a section, or did you wait until you had done the whole book? And then if they found an error, you just went and re-recorded or re-edited that section. Yeah, I had already finished the entire book. And so what a lot of what they caught were, um, if they could hear the page, they could hear the page turning. Um, I was always careful to turn the page in a moment and a pause. So it was kind of smart in some places. And, and um, they'd catch repetitions where I had, um, usually what I do when I'm recording, I just let it record. And so if I stumble, I'll pause like two or three seconds and then pick up where I left off. And so that way I don't have to keep restarting the recording. Right. So I would miss those. And so they would catch it and say, oh yeah, you stumble here. They would, you know, so I'll, it was really just more of like a, just a tightening. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, they were, they were just really, really sweet because even though they had heard the raw, you know, the, the, the version that had mistakes, they were still very generous in their reviews. Wow. And then, so then you took the files that you'd created in audacity and you went through the process on ACX, which is the, the, um, side, uh, what am I trying to say? It's the, it's the author side. Yeah. Of audible. Mm-hmm. And you just followed all their directions and yes, and they're wonderful to work with because ah. um, with Lost in the Light, I had made, you know, like I didn't have beta listeners. And so there were some mistakes and people, you know, called me and said, um, yeah, you've got some issues that you need to take. <laughs> and so I edited all those issues and, and Audible, you know, ACX, they happily let me re-upload the book. They were ah. wonderful. And then with Lost in Whispers, was it Girl in the Mist? No, it was Girl in the Mist. When I, when I was producing Girl in the Mist, I added a sample chapter to the end of Lost in the Light. Mm-hmm. Just as you would in an ebook, you would have, usually you have a sample of the next book in the series and they, they allowed it. They didn't, they, they were more than happy to do it. And they, you will get a human being to answer your questions and they're nice. really, really good people. So I like working with them and it's not difficult. It's like uploading files to Dropbox is what you're doing. Yeah. Wow. This sounds so fun. I have to say, I think it just sounds like a great time. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Oh, and now I'll now, be doing it live. <laughs> live. Okay. So tell us a little bit more. Okay. So I have one other question then let's go back to, I want to know more about uh, what you're going to do at the live. So, um, so you gave us some tips, which is awesome. You told us where you took the files, what you used, um, making sure you have beta readers. Were there any, any other mistakes or, um, or things that you learned along the way that you're like, oh, I wish I had known that earlier or things that you learned from other narrators or it sounds like you learned a lot from YouTube. I don't know if you had any yeah. other friends who were doing it. No, I, I um, and, and, and plus I listen to audiobooks, and that really helps to listen, um, not just to the performance. It is hard because some of, some of them are very good. So you could try, like, oh, darn it. I'm listening to the story. I need to be listening to the, how the book works. And right. so when you can listen for that, um, you know, the pauses, you know, how much time between chapters, it's usually two seconds. And, um, 
so it's those it's those little details so i really recommend that if you are um planning to narrate your own book listen to um the books in your genre and maybe even throw in a few that are not in your genre to see if there are ways that people are doing things that you might want to incorporate mm -hmm. um i have you know a music lead-in um because i was listening to uh the audiobook version of um, The Secrets of Meditation by David G. And it has this beautiful music that leads into it. And, and he has this amazing voice. It's very dramatic and it just makes chills go up your arms. And I thought, oh, I want to do that too. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, have, I found uh, royalty-free music and made sure that I could put it on an audiobook. And, and so I, uh, and that was also on the podcast. That was the lead-in music for every chapter. Ah. lead-in and the same, um, with a, with a podcast, you know, every episode is its own thing. So I don't, mm -hmm. you know, people sometimes, you know, drop in at chapter 10. So it had the lead in the title, you know, and then you know, we'd go into the chapter. Then I had to edit all that out when I was right. in the audio book. Oh, right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Now is the podcast still up? No, I took it down. And, um, because I mean, I, I just thought, you know, now you can buy the audiobook. After all that work, you can That's buy right. the audiobook, right? <laughs> you had your chance. That's um, right. <laughs> so the sample chapters one and two, I think, are up. But um, and that would be probably at your website. Mm -hmm. It's on my mm -hmm. website, and it's also still on SoundCloud. Okay. And um, yeah, it's um, oh, the other thing I learned was because I used SoundCloud in an audiobook. Those are some lengthy files. Uh, you will yeah. probably have to purchase. I had to purchase a, 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 a hosting plan mm -hmm. with SoundCloud. If I, now that I know differently, um, I have a WordPress site is my main website. I now know that I can put audio files on my WordPress site. So oh. if I were to podcast again that way, then I would probably put the audio files on my WordPress site rather okay. than you know, getting a hosting plan Although, I mean, you could do both because right. with SoundCloud, I was getting people that I normally wouldn't have found. I mean, how would they have known if they, unless they were following my website or following me on social media. So I found a whole new group of, of readers. And, um, and so even though the audio, the podcast was free, um, I thought, is anybody going to buy it? And they did. Right. <laughs> uh, they did. I was like, wow, oh, they, they listened to it and now they bought it. Like, cool. So that was, um. That was exciting. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Facebook Live. Yes. Are you going to pause and restart your sentence if you stumble? And are, is this going to be sort of the same as your final recording that you'll edit? But is this the recording that you're going to do? Yeah, it's the recording. So yeah, if I bl make blunders or roll my eyes or the dog starts barking, I mean... <laughs> yeah, it'll be the real, it'll be the, it'll be like story time. Yeah. You know, when you're, when your teacher's in the front of the class and turns the lights down and, you know, I love story time. <laughs> I love story time. Maybe I can like walk in and change my sweater and my shoes. And, you know. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be so awesome. <laughs> you, can, you can tell us about, you know, how we should be better people when you put on your red sweater, your red cardigan and button it oh down. Oh my gosh. And... I got to go find a red sweater now. <laughs> Now I want to go watch, what is that? Mr. Rogers. I just want to go watch Mr. Rogers now. <laughs> okay. So, um, so then you'll, I'm, I'm guessing here. So really this is a question. So are you going to set up your, um, 
your soundproofed audio box and you'll be speaking into it, but you'll have your phone here recording you recording. Yeah. That's this, I cannot wait to watch this. Oh, it's going to be crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there might be a retake afterwards, you know, Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm just going to do it live. And um, I was thinking about using my laptop for Facebook and using my phone for Instagram live. Um, but oh, we'll right. see um, if we can pull this off because uh, yeah, that might be way too much. It might be too much Mary. And there is such a thing as too much, Mary. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, when you think about it, the way you put together that podcast, it ended up being a ginormous marketing uh, opportunity for you. You'd be marketing to two totally different, two pretty different markets. I mean, yeah. people who are the kind of people who are going to watch something live on Instagram are real Instagrammers. They may not necessarily be on Facebook as much and vice versa. I mean, I know that Facebook bought Instagram, but still it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the same audience i don't know i mean you have a marketing um company now yourself so um when you say you can have too much mary are you joking around or do you think you can do too much marketing put yourself out there too much um no because <laughs> <laughs> i was like i'm gonna take your advice whatever you say right. so i just wanted to know <laughs> yeah, because um i do share facebook and instagram followers. Some of them are on both, um, my family and friends. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they might think it's too much. Yeah. But, um, and I do have a different Instagram following because, um, and I love bookstagram. They call them bookstagrammers. And um, they're really amazing because they're typically, they're uh, at least the ones that actually message me and communicate with me are in their early 20s. They're in college or just coming out of college. And they've taken their passion of books and turned it into these into this mini social media empire and so i'm learning from them i'm thinking damn you're smart i should be doing what you're doing and so oh. they they have triple the followers i have and so they've really kind of inspired this whole facebook live instagram live idea of mine wow um, because they um if there's one thing i've learned having um in the i don't know how 20 years i've been writing um is that artists, writers, artists, we are, we're so uh, self-conscious about overselling. Yeah. And, um, and I've realized, no, you've got to be the, if you don't believe in your work and your readers think that maybe you're kind of wishy-washy about it, um, then there, I, there is that perception of, well, then why should I spend any time on you? Because yeah. I don't think it's very good. I mean, I see people, um, there's an author I love and I wanted to, to, to direct message her on Twitter because she posted this beautiful um, picture of her book and, um, you know, uh, tagged her publisher and all these great hashtags, but there's no link to the book. It's oh, like, no. For real? Like, <laughs> honey, come on. That's like, you know, social media 101. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I refrained. Um, and um, it was probably a horror horrible mistake. I mean, right, I would right. think that, I mean, I can't imagine that could be anything other than, oh my gosh, brain fart. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> so, um, and then I saw in the comments, you know, on Twitter now you can see people's comments and people were like, um, where do I get it? <laughs> you know, like that would be helpful. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we sometimes have to get out of our own way and just, you know, be, um, uh, be authentic. And yeah, you know, this is, we're not doing this for free, you know, 
it takes time and it takes effort, it takes money. And, you know, um, this is also a business. And so yeah. I think it's, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, my mother will be like, I do not need to watch you on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> So, that's right. <laughs> but your mother already has your book, so she's not really part of your target audience in that way. Yeah, yeah. No, she's more worried of like, okay, what character did she base me on? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I've been joking for years. Is she revealing in this? Yeah. Book? I've been I've been joking for years that I need to wait for more of my family members to die before I can write all the other stories in my head. Yeah. But you know what's yeah. funny is they never guess right. They and and I and I've said this in front of them. They're like, "What, really?" Um, <laughs> they always think there's somebody else, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's you." <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Oh man, Mary, this has been so interesting, so fun, yeah. and I thank you so much for sharing all this information. Yeah. Well, this. Why not? I mean, I learn from my mistakes, please, and don't let me be the only one on Facebook doing this. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you don't mind being flattered by being copied, then I am totally going to copy and flatter. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we, um, well, it's like our, our chapter's motto, OCC, RW's motto is one hand reaching forward, one hand reaching back in an ever something chain of yeah. love and peace or something, you know? <laughs> I can't remember the end part. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's what it's all about. And, you know, authors um, who are, you know, successful, I mean, I've, you know, lifted their ideas and made them my own. I mean, not their story ideas. Sure, sure. You know, the marketing <laughs> ideas. Um, <laughs> And, and, and what's also just really cool about this whole, the way that publishing has changed is that there's so much transparency. And yeah. I mean, back in, um, when I went to my first RWA conference as a published author, it was like, being, <laughs> it was like the, the Dr. Seuss story, the Sneetches, where some of us had the stars on our bellies and others didn't. And yeah. then we're all like running around trying to get stars on our bellies and no stars. I mean, it was like, there, there was a little bit of that going on yeah and um you know, and everybody told you like don't tell people what your contract is about don't tell them what they paid you yeah how do we know because when i later as i got more experience i realized oh that contract really wasn't so great if i had talked when i talked to somebody who i could trust and someone who was like oh honey come on why'd you sign that yeah we're going to publish my first book and make me famous. You know, that's right. That's right. <laughs> You're the first uh, person out of hundreds of people who said no, who finally said yes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now that's, that, that has changed. And, and now we have information and we can all help each other out. Yeah. And that's what I want the right now workshop podcast to be is, um, positive, upbeat people sharing the information that they have because it doesn't do them any harm for other people to know what they've learned. And, and like you said, learning from other people's mistakes is a great way to move forward. And there's no reason to think that, you know, if I learned something from you today, you might not learn something from me tomorrow. And, and why not share and help each other? Right. Yeah. It, there's, there's the thing that I love most about books in the book industry and music and film and 
Um, you know, aside from the people who are like, we really shouldn't spend all of our time indoors, you know, staring at screens. Well, okay, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying about that. If there was some way I could run a half marathon while reading a book, I guess I could listen to a book, but I'm afraid That's I would trip. Sport, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone like me, though, I would trip. I would be like, oh my gosh, and then I would fall on my face. But, oh. <laughs> but the great <laughs> thing about books and music and entertainment and stuff like that is that there really isn't any place where now we have too much more than can be consumed. It's not like hours in a day. There really are only 24. We can't force 25 into them. Uh, but I mean, books, you can just read more books and you can listen to more books and you can listen to more podcasts and you can always learn something new. I love places where I can learn something new, even if it's something I'll never use. Like there's a subdivision being built across the well, really across the backyard from my friend's house where I'm at right now. And it's just funny because I will probably never use anything that I'm seeing, but I'm like, oh, that's, I didn't know that you put that in first and then you did that. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's just fun to learn things. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, and, and I think we've, we're seeing in our world that, um, the importance of information. I mean, everybody's terrified that you know, people got to stop reading because they have social media. Well, you have to be able to read a post. Yeah. And if you don't want to be made fun of, you better learn how to write. I mean, you know, uh, at least spell the basic words correctly and use <laughs> proper grammar. It's like, for God's sake, man, get Grammarly. I mean, <laughs> um, uh, Grammarly, for people who are, haven't heard of it, it's a, uh, an app that you can embed in your browser. And I think you can embed it in your like word and stuff. And it's a little more intuitive. And so it edits you as you move along and prevents typos. And so I use it for email because I'm the kind of person that's all blah, 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 and then I realize like I wrote something pornographic, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. word, like, whoa, wait, hold on. Um, so Grammarly is really, um, uh, it's great, especially when you're on social media and because you don't always have spell check on social media and right. that can help you. <laughs> yeah. I'll put a link to it in the show notes so that if people haven't heard of it, they know where to find it. Yeah. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. Well, this was fun. Like <laughs> I'm not alone. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, hopefully we'll have uh, a whole lot more new followers coming up over the next few months as you Facebook live your new audiobook. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And um yeah, I'm, you know, I'm at that age now where I'm just kind of over looking foolish. And yet I'm watching my 12-year-old go into that age where, mom, people are watching. And it's like, oh, honey, believe me, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> They're all in their own head thinking that, you know, is my butt too big? You know. That's right. That's right. Don't worry about oh. it. I was listening to uh, Mark Dawson's self-publishing formula podcast when I was running yesterday and uh, it was the one on the episode on bots and they made this joke about how at one point somebody had suggested that the title for the show should be, does this make my bot look too big? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was great. Yeah. <laughs> I know I need to start getting into listening to podcasts because, um, you know, I, the thing about when you're writing all the time is that you feel, you know, a little isolated. And so yeah. podcasts like yours kind of, you know, it's, it, you, you, you have a community there, or at least, you know, there are people as weird as you are. Out there. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. And, and a lot of them, I know mine for sure. Um, Mark Dawson's for sure. Um, like I have a Facebook group where people can just like come and chat about all the things that they're learning and hearing and stuff. And, you know, I have an encouraging words segment on Sunday just because we spend so much of our time alone, second guessing and third guessing ourselves. And oh, yeah. I think about all the times when I've been like, thank goodness someone told me, oh yeah, that everybody feels that way. I'm like, really? Oh, 
Phew. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember when I got that email from um, uh, my publisher uh, saying, no, we're not optioning her next book because oh. they're not selling the way they are. I mean, it was devastating. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, I, I'm not a crier, but man, I was, I was, that was my life dream. And it's like, but it just started and now it's gone. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so I think if I could do, if, now I know, like I, there's a safe place for me to share that, you know, that I would not have had to have gone through it alone. Yeah. And, you know, had passive aggressive, angry posts on blogger and stuff, right. you know, right. <laughs> moved. I've been, you know, I'm dealt with it. I'm not angry at anybody anymore. I've, I've <laughs> it's all good. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think that, that just that I, just that we're more transparent is, um, it it can help a lot of us because I think at RWA, there was like a, this great workshop, a a panel about depression. That's right. I mean, um, I'm trying to remember who was on. It was a doctor who put on the initial presentation at RWA national two years ago. It was a San Diego conference. Right. And I mean, People, I mean, they, it was like Oprah, you know, they're like, oh, I'm each, you know, I'm in the same boat. I, you know, I know I'm not alone. They're hugging each other. And it yeah. was really a cool thing because, you know, I think the, the more open we are about these issues, you know, we, then people who are really in a dark place, they have, they know that they are people they can turn to. Yeah. Hopefully they remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, we, um, yeah, I think that if we can support each other and be open and, you know not be all crappy with one another, we'd be better for it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, and I just love hanging around positive people like you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that the listeners are going to want to follow you too. So tell us where are all the places where oh, you yeah. hang out. So website, um, social media. Yeah. My website is marycastillo.com. And so if you want to follow me on, I'm mainly on Facebook. Um, okay. So I'm more active on Facebook and Instagram and uh, I'm on Twitter. Of course, I don't remember any of my handles. So just go to my website. You'll see the icons. Okay. Um, you want to follow me on BookBub? I mean, you know, I think I've like, I think I'm my only follower on BookBub. <laughs> yeah. I was so excited when I got up into double, double digits. I'm like, someone I don't know must have followed me because right. now I'm up to 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I occasionally remember to post on Goodreads. Awesome. So, yeah. But um. Yeah, I and and uh, and I hope that people will also consider joining a professional group like RW or what is it? not really a professional group, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, no, I think that is what it's called—a professional. Um, gosh, I think that there's another word in there: professional something or other group. Yeah, yeah, because it has to do with the profession. Yeah, and um, what's great is that you find we're so lucky we have OCC, and then you have online chapters, and yeah, and then there's mystery writers and science fiction writers and. Right. Yeah. A whole bunch of genre groups. Yeah. RWA is the best. <laughs> it is really good. Yeah. Even if you don't write romance, I've gotten my husband to come to some things because I'm like, listen, it doesn't matter what genre you write. If you need to learn how to write better characters or create more interesting plots or whatever, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. So just come. It's really good information. Right. We like men to attend. It's okay. Yes. And besides, you can be the one man in the room and I, what man doesn't like that? <laughs> <laughs> I always look slightly terrified. <laughs> My husband goes back and forth between thinking this is going to be awesome and wow, why did I let myself get talked into this? So, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate
needed. We're going to have to bring you back on for, um, for a follow-up and tell oh, cool. us what happened. I yeah. Facebook live, right? That's right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Everyone else is doing it. That's right. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Mary. Yes, it was fun. Thank you again.